Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. And on Wednesday, Atlanta United is going to begin its 2023 MLS playoff campaign at Columbus in the bizarre format that is best of three, no aggregate. So based upon the seven playoffs we've seen so far through Sunday night, it's going to be a high-scoring match. It should be a fun match, and I hope you'll follow my coverage on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, or on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, or even better yet, for me and my kids who have Christmas wishes that you can fulfill by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, because Tuesday is the last day of our sale, and I'm going to get into that in a little bit. In the rest of this podcast, you're going to hear from manager Gonzalo Pineda. You're going to hear from Brooks Lennon. I'm going to answer a couple of your questions in the mailbag. And I think we got one call in on our most excellent call in line, which is 404-526-2527. That's 404-526-2527. If this is your first time listening to us, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, before we listen to Gonzalo Pineda and his, his very detailed thoughts on this upcoming match, let's go through some basic facts and figures. The game is at 7.30 p.m. on Wednesday. It will be televised on FS1 or Apple TV. You can seek the radio broadcast through 92.9 FM. And, as always, you can follow me on Twitter. Columbus is managed by the very capable Wilfred Nancy. At home, they are 12-1-4. Atlanta United on the road is 3-6-8. and eight. Not good, Jim. Columbus goals for and against are 67-46. and 46. Expected goals are 57.7 and 41.3. So it's not too far off the expectations. Atlanta, on the other hand, 66 goals scored, 53 allowed, but expected goals for and against are 48.7 and 46, which is crazy outperforming on offense and unlucky on defense. The players to watch for Columbus are Cucho, 16 goals, 11 assists. Christian Ramirez, 8 goals and 4 assists. Aiden Morris, 4 goals, 7 assists. Julian Gressel and Darlington Nogby, two former Atlanta United players. And the Atlanta United key players, well, Tiago Almada is not one, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But Yorgi Shakamaki, 17 goals and 2 assists. Brooks Lennon, 4 goals, 10 assists. Caleb Wiley, four goals, four assists. Saba Lopchenitze, three goals, four assists. All right, that's a whole lot of numbers. Let's get into some audio, and let's hear 
from Pineda on how the team might play without Almada. Well, just formation has nothing to do with the style of the team, right? Okay. So that's 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 number one. We've seen multiple teams going back and forth with back four, back five. You can take Philadelphia as an example. It's the same style, but at times they play with back four, at times they play with back five. Uh, you know, with Seattle Sounders, we used to play back four, but there was one year where it was better for us to go to back five, same style. Mm-hmm. It's just differences in, in the positions of the players and, and the personnel we had available. Um, so style, we won't change. Um, then the formation, I mean, we've been playing very consistently back four, so yeah, it's a possibility to change, but uh, we'll see. Again, we're evaluating multiple options and we'll see which one fits better the, the group of players, not just the opponent, but the group of players we have. Now that audio was when we spoke to Pineda on Thursday or Friday. Today, I asked him if he will consider playing Sabalopchenitze as the number 10 for Almada, which would enable them to get Mosquera on the right wing and keep Shandi Silva on the left wing. And Lopchenitze is, is a pretty good passer. He's very fast defensively. Um, it might be a tough ask, but here's Pineda's answer. Yeah, it's, it's one of the possibilities. Again, uh, it's really hard to replicate exactly the, the quality that uh, uh, Thiago has. Uh, so we have to rely more on the team and playing as a team. Um, and, uh, well, we normally do that, but, but specifically for that area of the field where, where Thiago just takes care of that area and is creative and understands the movement and the space. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll come up with a good plan. And, again, the format of the playoffs is such that Atlanta United could lose this game 98-90. to 90, And it wouldn't matter because there is no aggregate totals. It just depends on what happens in that next game when they play back at Mercedes-Benz next Tuesday. Atlanta United has already played Columbus twice this season. The first was a 6-1 to loss. Both teams were missing many, many, many players. I think Atlanta United was without seven players, including six starters who had been called up for international duty. Columbus was without three or four, if memory serves. It was a cold night. It was not a good night. Atlanta United lost 6-1. to They came back and played recently. Uh, three games ago, it was a one-one draw. It was a game that it, it was a it was an interesting game. I went back and rewatched the first half the other day. It ended as a one-one draw. Miles Robinson header in the final minute, I think the seventh minute of stoppage time to secure that draw. Columbus had Atlanta United under pressure throughout. Atlanta United needed to make several last-ditch tackles. There were two by Brooks Lennon, two by Abram, one by Miles Robinson. That was just by my count in the first half to keep uh, one-on-one situations or to prevent shots on goal. So, you know, it, it's tough for me to, to think Atlanta United is going to go up there and give you a probability for a win, but I do think it's going to be a good game, and we're going to get a little bit more of that in a minute. But here's Pineda talking about what they learned about Columbus. Well, just the way we played. Uh, I mean, of course, results aside, we'll, we'll know what happened in Philadelphia. This game against Columbus at home, I think it was a good match. Of course, I think they were better in that game, but I think we have the ability to be better than them in some other moments. Um, and then I think the last game against Cincinnati, 11-11, we were better, uh, or we're, we had better moments than the best team in the league. So that gave us confidence. Uh, and I think the players can feel it, can feel the, the the power they have when they're good in the ball and when they start to combine and the actions in the final third and we start to create chance after chance after chance. I think they, they get motivated and they know 
that um, you know we, we can be a dangerous team to play against a tough to, uh, a team that is tough to beat because we have a lot of ties as well uh, when we play on the road um, and I think that's also important that we were a team throughout the season that were tough to beat and, and that's important for us uh, so that gives us confidence. We've talked about the format already a little bit. The first round is the only round in these playoffs that is best of three. The rest are knockout. So I was curious, Pineda, does it change the team's approach? Yeah, yeah. We, we practiced penalties yesterday. So, yeah, we're, we're, um, we're aware of that. Uh, for me, it's two games guaranteed, and we win away, we win at home. Uh, we don't need the third game, so we'll see. It's uh, an interesting format. It's the first time I go through this type of format. Uh, I always love the one either is home and away, and that's it, or one knockout uh, game, and that's it. I, I like both. This is going to be new, and, and we'll try to adapt. Pinedo's referring to the fact that games can't end in draws. So if you're 1-1-0-0 at the end of regulation, you go right to penalty kicks, which also it, it could be an interesting way for Atlanta United to try to approach this first game without Almada, just bunker and try to win on a counter, try to win on a set piece. Atlanta United scored 18 goals on set pieces this season. Steal a goal, steal a result, get back to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, get Almada back, go for the win in the series. We'll see. All right, Brooks Lennon was up next, and I was curious if not having aggregate changes a player's mindset about these playoffs. No, I think uh, everyone here in this building is going to Columbus uh, with the mindset to win. Um, obviously, aggregate is a, is a little bit different of a format, um, but you know, if we play two games, if we play three games, uh, it doesn't matter. We just have to make sure that we come out on top. So for those who don't know, aggregate is the combined goal total. Most soccer tournaments around the world, um, club tournaments, you do home and away fixtures. And if you end up being tied, it comes down to, it used to be like road goals, but I think they've changed that now. Um, it can go to total goals. The problem with that format is if row goals are the things that are important, then some teams wouldn't try to play. They would just sit back and counter and try to get to that second game. So MLS and Apple are trying to prevent that, trying to encourage goal scoring uh, to avoid the penalties because penalties are just a, a whole big ball or random. Now, Atlanta United has won, by my count, one high-stakes game since the 2019 playoffs. That came in 2021 when they needed to win the finale to make it into the playoffs, and they did. Other than that, they really have not won a high-stakes game against a, a level of opponent uh, on par, on Major League Soccer, for example, or, or a high-level Liga Emekis team. As most of you know, they were bounced out of the U.S. Open Cup this year. They lost both games in the League's Cup this year. You go back to last year, they needed to win the second-to-last game to keep alive playoffs hopes. They lost that. Um, they they were beaten by Nashville in the U.S. Open Cup. After They had beaten Chattanooga, but that was two divisions lower than them. Um, and it just goes back like this. MLS's back tournament. They were bounced, bounced by Philadelphia in the Champions League, bounced in the Open Cup. Um, so they don't have a great history of winning important games. 
Then you go back and you look at the last couple of games this season when they had a chance to clinch a fourth seed. They couldn't beat Philadelphia. They couldn't beat Columbus. Uh, so it's curious to get Brooks's take on what needs to change that they can avoid a similar fate. Yeah, I think the main thing for us is just winning on the road. Obviously, if you want to go to the next round, you're going to have to pick up points on the road. Um, and I think that's what we've struggled with this year. You know, we've been outstanding at Mercedes-Benz uh, in front of our home crowd. And, um, you know, they definitely give us extra motivation and, um, you know, push us to get three points every week. But uh, if you want to win the MLS Cup, you're going to have to win on the road. Yep. Well, especially because you didn't finish as a top four seed. So you've lost the home advantage. And that was, you know, part of the point of the question. And here's Brooks talking about what to expect tactically from the crew, who are one of the most fluid teams in Major League Soccer. Yeah, they're very similar to us. They like to play football, um, you know, a lot of short passes. Um, You know, they like to play through the middle and and break lines. Um, They've got a a great coach who who sets them up uh, differently each and every game. Sometimes uh, they're in multiple different formations. Uh, So we had to do a lot of, preparation, research, uh, watch a lot of video um, and understand kind of what we're going to do to be able to, to pick up three points and, and win. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a very good matchup. Maybe that's why they, they put us as the last matchup of, of the week. Yeah, that was an interesting point from Brooks. He always gives good answers. I always appreciate talking with, with Lennon. Um, and then, of course, so let's say that the game starts on Wednesday and Columbus does something a little not different, but it's one of the four or five things that Atlanta United has prepared for. There, though Atlanta United was set up for Plan A and Columbus shows Plan B. Whose job is it to communicate? Hey, we got to switch to this type of marking, or this is now your man, and this is now my man, compared to it being maybe something different. Yeah, everyone, okay. uh, the coaching staff, the guys on the field. Um, you know, we're, we're in this together. So if somebody sees something that they're doing um, that we can uh, kind of counter, then, um, you know, I'm sure somebody will, will speak up. Uh, I know Brad is, is obviously such a great leader. He understands formations. He understands, um, you know, what these teams like to do in the playoffs. He's, he's won the playoffs. So um, guys like him, guys like Ozzy, uh, and then the coaching staff, Gonzalo and his entire staff, they, they study each formation that every single team we play plays um, and how they rotate guys in and out uh, differently. Uh, these guys do so much extensive research on every player, uh, every formation, every team. So we're very well prepared in anything that comes our way. There you go. Now we just have to watch Wednesday's match. I will be in Ohio covering for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution at beautiful lower.com field uh it's a beautiful stadium if you haven't been it's going to be cold so i'm not looking forward to that especially considering how beautiful the weather has been here in atlanta the past week or so when we come back we'll dive into the mailbags this is southern fried soccer from the atlanta journal constitution ocean breeze tropical beach an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise a drive to daytona beach will actually get you there beach on Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. 
In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. I've just been informed there's an update. Breaking news today, Tuesday, is the last day for the sale for our podcast listeners. And this isn't like a Wolfman Furniture Mart where every day is a closeout sale. It is today, Tuesday, Halloween. And I'm not tricking you because I want to give you the treat of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. If you subscribe today, you can get six months of unlimited digital access for 99 cents. That is less than the cost of that Reese's peanut butter cup. You just handed out to your neighbor's kid for Halloween. It is probably worth like five starbursts, which I'm still not sure are a candy, but instead are a gum. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. So you always know what's really going on. Let's dive into the voicemails. 404-526-AJCP. That's 404-526-2527. Devin is on the uh, board for us today. I want y'all to call and fill up the voicemail box to give him something to do. Here's one call from the hotline. It's a guy who calls himself the hammer. So this will be interesting. My question is, what do we do without travel on Wednesday? What are we going to do? It's a problem. Take five. All right, Hammer. Yeah. It's kind of tough when you're without one of the three finalists for MLS MVP, the the hub of the the offense, the player that Sabo was brought in for and Jurgis was brought in for to play off of and Shonday was brought in to play off of. He's not there because, frankly, it was a dumb yellow card he picked up in against Cincinnati, the second yellow card. Not a smart play. Lost his head a little bit. Now the team is going to be without him. And I do need to point out, teams don't have to have an attacking midfielder. They don't have to have a defensive midfielder. It's simply a choice in personnel and a choice in formation. Atlanta United has played without an attacking midfielder a few times this year when they had kind of two attacking midfielders playing underneath the striker when they were using a, a back five, three center backs, and two wing backs. Do I think that Atlanta United will break that out again on Wednesday? I would be surprised, but they have had a week and a half to prepare for it. Saba Lopchenitze would be an interesting choice. Tyler Wolf would be an interesting choice. We've seen Amar Sadich play as an attack midfielder, and it didn't work as well as I think maybe some expected. I think uh, Amar Sadich is probably better suited as a central midfielder than as attacking midfielder. So what do you do? I couldn't tell you right now. I, I'm still mulling it in my noodle. I think, well, yeah, you'll have to look, read the info to know when you see my Atlanta United predicted 11 lineup for the final thoughts on what I think Atlanta United is going to do. I can't give away all the information, people. I just can't. That's why we only charge 99 cents for six months of unlimited digital access. 
subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. All right, we got two questions, and now I'm going to ask myself the question of the week. We're going to start with Nick, friend of the podcast. I'm interested in your thoughts on the new playoff format and what we've seen so far. So we've talked about the format of the format. Um, I don't like it. I think it's kind of dumb. If you've got three games in the quarterfinals, one game in the semi, one game in the conference finals, and one game in the MLS Cup, let's say that is six matches, right? Why not just do two, 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 and one in the traditional format? You have seven matches, but what's one more match at this point in the season? Um, so I do not like the format very much. However, we have seen a lot of goals. I'm going to post a story soon that talks about it's not almost twice as many goals as were scored in the regular season, but it's like one and a half times as many goals were scored per match in the regular season. So that's a significant increase. We've got two more games on Monday that could skew that average, but we don't know until they're played. I could go ahead and tell you what the results are, but then I'll be giving away even more information, and I just can't do that. On to Kyle. What do you think the team's chances are to advance? Okay, so I'm going to go on a little rant here, and this is about ESPN. Whenever ESPN puts up that stupid chance index for victory or whatever the heck it is, a chance is not a probability. What they're actually calculating is probability. There's a chance of anything happening. What you really are asking for is what is the probability of victory? Probability is a percentage. Chance is just a number. So you're asking me, what is the probability of Atlanta United advancing? And every time you see that CPI or whatever that stupid thing is that ESPN does, please yell at your TV screen. It's probability, not chance, because that's what I do. The probability of Atlanta United advancing all depends upon, I think, this first game. The odds of Atlanta United being able to, let's say it goes to three games, uh, win two games on the road is not great considering they only won three games on the road all year, especially against a Columbus team that many are picking to come out of the East and play for the MLS Cup. So if Atlanta United can get a win in the first game, then they can close it out in two games. If they lose, or I'm sorry, if they win that first game and lose at home, do expect to go back and win again? Uh, that's just, it's it's almost too much to ask. So I'm going to put the probability of Atlanta United advancing at 33%. That's your black driving velvet slipper lock of the week. Now, the question of the week, I'm going to ask myself the question of the week. Because we had this debate today at at Line United while we were waiting on interviews. We were discussing favorite Halloween candies. Mine is, is Reese's Peanut Butter Cups because they are the greatest candy ever invented. And if you don't like them, I don't like you. Um, uh, but one person said, well, there were two interesting answers. Uh, Starburst was one. And then uh, Jolly Ranchers was another. And I got to thinking about Starburst because I couldn't decide, is it a candy or is it just simply a flavored gum? Because it is a chewy, thick, like substance. I put it out on Twitter. Everyone seems to think it's a candy. I'm going to say it's a candied gum. So I'm going to split the hair, but that's my take on if Starburst is a 
candy or gum. And if you want to share with me your favorite Halloween candy, put it on Twitter. You can put it on my handle at Doug Robertson AJC, or you can take photos of you with your Halloween candy and post them on my Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. And I will retweet because it's always fun to see what people get on Halloween. And if you have a favorite Halloween photo of yourself as a kid, I would love to see that too. My favorite outfit, I was Dracula. It was a homemade costume. That was pretty cool. I went as a werewolf one time. We actually glued like fur. I don't know where my mom found strips of fur all over my face. And I went as the wolfman. And my mom was very, very scared that cars weren't going to be able to see me at night as we were wandering around the neighborhood because I was all covered up in fur and was dark. I don't know why like being a vampire would be any different because it's a black clothes and black cape, but that was her big fear. So share with me your favorite Halloween costume and your favorite bizarre mom fears about Halloween at Doug Robertson AJC. Please tell your friends about our show. Please give us a rating and a review on Spotify and Apple. That's what helps us grow the podcast. Don't forget, I'll be in Ohio on Wednesday. We're going to tape another podcast Thursday morning, recapping game one. Follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson, AJC. Subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. Tuesday is the last day of the sale. The voicemail number is 404-526-2527. As always, hug your loved ones. Communicate with your loved ones. Thanks for listening to Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean Breeze, Tropical Beach, Pina Colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.